Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Midweek Wednesday, February 7, 2024. And it's time for the Gabe Coon Show. Welcome in. I'm your host, Gabe Coon, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on X at G underscore Coon 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on XSC Dunning 929. Connor, what's the word, brother? What's up, man? Is it trivia night? No, I'm off no. trivia this okay. month. Okay. I'm off for this month. I got you. But a lot of people still. Celtic is probably going to be there, right? Celtic yeah. will be popping off. Yeah, people I will be gotcha. there. 7 o'clock, but it will not be with me, at least for another month. Understood. Understood. But we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 929 FM, ESPN, and yours truly. We're going to open on overreaction, not an overreaction. Talk about the Grizzlies. We're going to talk about the Tigers. Grizzlies, they're being active before the trade deadline hits tomorrow. I don't know how to give you, uh, you know, who won, who lost these trades. Grizzlies are doing what they need to do as far as salary, um, saving salary and and making sure that they cut a little bit of salary and they're trying to also free up some, uh, some roster spots, seemingly two. With Victor Oladipo and Lamar Stevens, we'll talk about the Xavier Tillman trade and the Steven Adams trade as a whole here in just a moment. Um, I also saw, and I have to bring this up off the top, Nick Saban. This just came out. Nick Saban's going to join ESPN, Connor. I think that's a that's a hit, isn't it? That's a win. That's a hit. Joining college game day, and he'll be an analyst on NFL Draft and SEC Media Day's coverage. I think he'll be great in that role. I think he'll be great. His draft analysis will be interesting to hear. Well, I mean, he had... Through his time at Alabama, the most players drafted. Well, because I wonder if we'll be able to hear a bit of like how he looked at guys to recruit them to Alabama. I wonder if we'll get a sense of that from his analysis with guys going to the NFL. It's just I I think it's a huge win. Yeah, yeah, and I think he'll be able to break down those Bama guys still because he's still going to be close to that program. And they usually have a lot of NFL draft prospects. That they do. Yes, they usually they usually are able to uh, turn those guys out relatively easy. I think they'll do that well. With Kalen DeBoer as well, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Now, as the show goes along, we have a couple of guests today. Jeff Calkins at five o'clock, 
the Daily Memphian and Jeff Calkins show. He joins every single day. And then 6 o'clock to Michael Cole will join. Uh, we'll talk about the Xavier Tillman trade that they made with the Celtics today to bring back two second-round picks in Lamar Stevens. We'll talk about the future, what it will hold. When will they make another move? Is it this offseason? Do you think they'll make one before the trade deadline? But to Michael Cole from the Commercial Appeal covering the Grizzlies, will join at 6 o'clock. We'll get to a trip around the NFL at 5.30 as we continue Super Bowl week. And then at 6.30... We'll get into the Blitz. We have a lot of college basketball to talk in the Blitz. Rick Pitino made a suggestion about NIL and a salary cap. I, uh, I'll give you my thoughts on that. And then uh, Tiger basketball, obviously they play Temple tomorrow. They play Temple tomorrow at Temple. It is a can't-lose game. Um, must win, whatever the hell you want to call it. But Tigers are getting a little bit of help from the ACC opponents they had in the out-of-conference, aren't they? And you look at uh, Clemson, they beat North Carolina last night, 85-80 to 80 on the road. And then Virginia, a couple nights ago, beat Miami 60-38, to 38, and they're 18-5. and five. Both those teams are flirting with being in the top 30 in the net, which would be quad one victories. If they both get into the top 30, that would be three quad one victories for this team. And then they would have other opportunities, maybe against SMU and against FAU. Um, so they could get to five, but again, everything's out in front of them. They have to go win and win and win and win and avoid stubbing their toe against some of the inferior competition for the rest of the season. But we'll see if they can get that done. But let's go ahead and open quickly. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to wild and crazy guys. That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Cujo from 92.9. All right. The Grizzlies have been fairly active before the trade deadline. First, they traded Steven Adams to the Rockets for Victor Oladipo and three uh, second-round picks. And then today, they traded Xavier Tillman to the Celtics for Lamar Stevens and two second-round picks. There is a clear effort from the front office to create roster and salary flexibility with Dez, Ja, and Jaren's contract situations on the horizon. So, the Grizzlies are doing the right thing. Overreaction or not an overreaction? So, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth, just full full, full warning. Um, but I'm going to call this an overreaction um, in the meantime. Um, just because I think... <laughs> click both. Um, I think in the meantime... I don't know if they're doing the right thing. Um, I don't know what this is actually going to turn into. They don't have a big on the roster uh, at this moment uh, to, to pair with Jaron Jackson Jr., an NBA big. They have Trey Jimison and Santi Aldama and guys like that, but they don't have Steven Adams and Xavier Tillman anymore, and that's a massive void that you're going to have to fill, and you're going to have to find depth behind that. Um, now, they have gotten a lot of, of you know different second-round picks. They've gotten some assets that they could potentially move and make a move for a big like that or maybe another wing, find some wing depth. But at this, at this current moment, it's, it's like how I felt about the Steven Adams trade when they made it. It's just incomplete. I don't know if they're doing the right thing long-term. I think in the given moment, creating salary flexibility and creating uh, uh, roster flexibility is what they needed to do. But I don't know if that's going to equal um, on the back end a, a championship contending window, a playoff contending window. I know that you have the three guys at the top and Ja, Bain, and Jaron um, that, you, that you have to have money savings for going into the future because Jaron is going to be uh, extension eligible after next year. But um, you're just going to have to fill in the voids that are left behind by these two guys that they've already let go. And they could be um, exploring trade options with Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, John Conchar before the trade deadline tomorrow. Um, but ultimately, the reason I say this is an overreaction is because I just don't know what this is actually going to turn into. Do I think that saving money and, and finding open roster spots is the way to go at the moment? Sure. 
but I don't know if that's going to equal what we want it to equal on the back end. This is going to be a wait-and-see type of uh, type of moment for this Grizzlies franchise as a whole, and their moves from here on out are going to be very telling as to what we think they're going to be going into the future in the Western Conference. And let's be honest about the Western Conference. At the top, there's a four-way tie. Clippers, Thunder, Timberwolves, Nuggets. Um, then you have the Kings and the Suns. Western Conference is really tough. So the moves they make next are going to have to be ones to get over top of the likes of those teams because uh, those teams are going nowhere. They're going nowhere. They're going to be around for uh, two to three to four to five years, depending on the situation. Yeah. Um, the reason I hit the the ding is I think they are doing the right moves. It's I, I understand what you're saying is that long term we've got to see how this plays out because – but in the short term, they are getting assets for expiring contracts, and they are making room for salary, which they will need. They're making room for, for roster spots for guys like Gigi Jackson. So in the short term right now, they are doing the correct moves. They are doing the right thing, what you're supposed to do. They're good in, getting good value for these guys. Yes, they don't have any big man depth right now, but I have a sneaking suspicion that they would like to play Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five a little bit more. I think they got some and confidence I have some in, in, about in Brandon that. Clark. I don't know. The numbers are pretty good with Brandon Clark with Jaron at the five. But, you know, like you said, that's a long-term thing we're going to have to look like. I, I understand what you're saying in that we've still got to see if it was worth getting rid of Steven Adams because yes. it is difficult to replace him. I also don't think they're trying to replace Steven Adams. I think they need to find somebody that can come in here Set straight, set screens, grab rebounds, and be a decent passer. Like that, that's not too hard to find in the NBA. There are a lot of guys out there that are cheap options that they can go get. I think that they needed to make room for Gigi Jackson. They've already made room for Vince Williams Jr. They're getting these second round picks because they're going to probably try to make a move. I think during the draft to either trade up to go get one of these centers in this draft because it's a sneaky, talented center big man draft, or they can go get a Nick Claxton, a Jared Allen, a Nick Richards, a Hartinson, if he becomes available again. There are options for the Grizzlies. They just have to capitalize on those things. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yes, that's they what are, I'm They are doing what they are supposed to be doing right now, but long term, they have got to capitalize on those things because to be fair to people and your skepticism, we have seen them load up before and then miss, miss, yes, miss, miss. Yes, yes. We could look back at this and this be a, a sort of breaking point for Grizzlies championship contention window. We could look back at this and also, on the other end, it could be the opening of a championship contention window. I just don't know which which side it is right this second. It's incomplete, and that's why I'm calling it an overreaction. It's leaning think, correct, though. I, I yeah, No, like, like they're, they're, logically, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're, they're, they're creating salary, you know, they're creating money savings, and they're creating roster spots. That's what you needed to do. I think most of my skepticism, though, in a lot of ways, comes from Steven Adams and getting rid of him. Um, when Steven Adams was added to this team, there's a lot of people that were skeptical about, you know, moving off of Jonas Valanciunas to go get him because he's not an offensive guy and he's not going to give you the points, but he fit perfectly with this team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's another big out there that's super available that I think fits the same way alongside John Morant and Desmond Bain and all these guys in this starting lineup. That's where a lot of my skepticism comes from if I'm breaking it down. Um, he's, the, he's the best at what he does in the NBA. Two years Steven ago. Adams. Um, now, you, you, could, you could have questions about his, his injuries and what they're going to mean long term. He's on the wrong side of 30, and, uh, and, and he's been out for the majority of two years. But based on the things I've heard from behind the scenes, it doesn't feel like that's the, the reason they made that move in particular. They, they just want to create some money savings and some salary or, and, some, and some roster flexibility. 
I, I don't think that's the wrong thing to do. But I, again, time will tell with all of this. Time will tell if this was the right thing to do at the right time. Yeah. On the other side of that coin, though, is an aging Steven Adams who doesn't necessarily match the timeline. He eats up a lot of money. And, yes, he is the best at what he does two years ago with that Grizzlies roster, which no longer exists. That Grizzlies roster is no longer present. It does not exist anymore. Vince Williams Jr. is a big part of it now. Marcus Smart's going to be a big part of it now. Luke Kennard's going to be a big part of it now. Jaron Jackson Jr. has evolved. Bain has evolved. Jaw's going to have a bigger role even when he comes back than he did before. Steven Adams was, he was training wheels for this team in a lot of ways, especially for Jaron Jackson Jr. He covered up a lot of things. I don't (laughs) think that the window is going to make or break, though, on Steven Adams being on this team. Right. You can replicate Steven but, Adams. You can't replicate but we Dez, Jaw, or Jaren. We saw so you gotta make room a for majority of the last two years, it was really it was nearly impossible to replicate Steven Adams and what he gave to this team in screen setting and, and the offensive boards and the second chance opportunities. It was really, I mean, he was not replicable the last two years. Have they Let's tried to? Let's be completely to? honest. But not, I mean, Xavier Tillman couldn't step in and do those things. Bismack Biombo couldn't step in. Like, point being is he was not replicable. This team lost a lot of their wins because Steven Adams was off the floor. Yeah, I think they lost the wins, though, more so because the other guys were off the floor. It's, yeah. Here's what I'm saying. You don't have to find Steven Adams. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a young big that can match the timeline of this team and do some of the things now, he did well. I, here's, here's, here's what you brought up, and I think that, listen, this is a fair conversation to have. People have been having it for years with Jonas Valanciunas next to uh, Jaron, then with Steven Adams next to Jaron. You talk about him being training wheels. Here is where I have always been. I don't know, with Jaron being the player he is, he's not a big rebounder. We know he's a good ISO scorer. Uh, he's good on defense. I don't know if we're ever going to be at a point where you can really take those supposed quote unquote training wheels off of Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe we're They've moving. This cl- year. Maybe maybe we're moving closer to it. But I don't know. I think at all times you're going to have to have the rough and tumble big next to Jaron Jackson Jr. Sure, he could prove me wrong, but I I. I I think that those training wheels are necessary when you have Jaron Jackson Jr. on your roster. May we also be honest about Steven Adams, though, in the playoffs? Yes, he got played off the floor defensively. You can't play him. And this is why I brought up a guy like Jared Allen. He would be, like, the perfect guy. Now, obviously, the Cavs are not looking to move off him at the current moment, but, like, he would be the perfect guy in the, in the fact that he does the same things that Jaron Jackson, or not Jaron Jackson Jr., but uh, Steven Adams does. God, if does. we could find another Jaron, yeah. that would be awesome. But he, does the, he does the same things that Steven Adams does. Except he's more switchable. He's he's better on defense than Steve. He moves his feet a whole lot better. Right. That that I, I agree with your truth there. But Stephen Adams, you know, when we talk about what he meant to this team the past few years and how well he fit alongside John Morant, it's just going to be hard to replicate that. And I again, you you say they're not trying to do that one for one. They're trying to build a a more complete roster. They're money and I get them. that, but you know. I, I have skepticism about it, what it looks like with a different guy in there next to Jaron and setting the screens for Joe. Yeah, I, I guess my question, though, is just, is it worth, is his contract worth it to potentially mess up the money for and then the also, and then Or yeah, and not then, have money for And then Gigi? here's the other point to your side, is like, is, is the money worth it to really experiment going into next year on the wrong side of 30 having missed two years of right. basketball? Right, that's why it's incomplete. That's why, the, the Steven Adams trade... Specifically, I think that one's incomplete. 
Yeah. The one that got that Xavier happened Tillman today. Is an expiring contract. That's a win. That's you a win. Got, you, that's yeah, a win. You got it makes sense for picks, the Celtics. Perfect value. It makes perfect sense for the Grizzlies. He's an expiring contract. Move off of him. You got two second round picks for him, which is really good value. To me, it's very clear that the Grizzlies right now are stockpiling those second round picks. They are creating another move. room to make another move. I don't know what that move is going to be. I don't know when that move is going to be. The Grizzlies kind of move in silence. We've, it, to be honest, it's pretty rare that we are able to predict something like we were with Xavier Tillman being moved for second round picks. It's it's really rare for a prediction to come out about a Grizzlies move and then that come to fruition. It usually yeah. comes out of nowhere and we're like, oh, okay, sure, this is this works. The Killian Hayes thing I think is still interesting because you can create more cap room there. You can get more assets by doing that. You also get off of some guys because I think that they still have another move to be made. I don't know if it's for that five to be quite honest i think they're going to try to limp through the rest of the season with yeah. two-way guys rotating it out jaron playing the five this Santi is, gets this is kind of his full tank mode as the grizzlies yeah will go like this that year. they're going to be rotating that that position i think trey had a lot of good activity last night thumbs up may I, we don't know what he's going to be i i ha, still have my doubts about him being a, a normal rotation guy in the nba but hey for the rest of this season sure i'd like to see him play i like his energy he plays okay defense he grabs boards. That's really all you need him to do right now. He's a good screen setter. Jenkins has said that. It's just, I think around the draft is when the noise about them finding it, that five is all, truly going to be. It's always the off happening. season with the Grizzlies for the most. Well, part. it's mostly the trade. It's usually the draft. Yeah, it's actually the draft, usually the draft. Yeah, the, that's but, their favorite yeah, time to do stuff. The, yes, that, but that's what I mean. It's usually not a trade deadline move. Now I wonder before we get to the trade deadline tomorrow. What I mean. Victor Oladipo is a good salary matching piece. Yeah. Obviously, he's not going to play for anybody. If there's a team out there that wants an expiring contract, they want to get some money off their books, they're not very good, maybe you can go make a trade, attach a couple of second-round picks, and go get a guy that you feel will be a, a good part of the future. I like The, the one move that Connor and I sort of spitballed before the, before the show is maybe a couple second-round picks and Victor Oladipo and a Nick Richards-type move um, for, the, for the Hornets, but you're going to have to find somebody who wants an expiring contract. Um, but I wonder if they if they're if they're if they're I'm sure they're making calls. I'm sure they're trying to be aggressive yeah. with that expiring contract with Victor Oladipo. But can anything come to fruition before tomorrow? Yeah, if I had to guess, they're making calls about John Conchar. They're making calls about Zaire and Laravia. Maybe Roddy, Luke. Maybe I just I have my doubts about that. I think with the Stephen Adams trade, it would be surprising if they moved off of Luke Kennard because it was kind of you got to pick one of those contracts that you want to roll with. Luke Kennard, I'll admit it's it's a fair amount of money. What's it? Fourteen million yeah, going it's into a fair next amount. year, but like. <laughs> you need shooting, though. I, I'll say this. You need as much shooting as possible. This is not a good three-point shooting team. You need as much shooters as you can to surround Ja with uh, and surround this team with. So I think that Luke Kennard would be one I'd want them to hold on to, but we'll see what, what comes to fruition from that. But, you know, I, I think that they could still make a couple of more moves before we get to tomorrow. Yeah. Stockpile a little bit more. But I these, would, they these, need to do at least one more, I yes. think. Yeah, but these second-round picks could be useful. I know people look at second-round picks – on the surface, and they say, oh, what are you actually getting with value with those second rounds? Have you picks? seen the draft this year, the second round? It's all traits. Yes. Almost every single pick yes. has been moved. It's, that is how the second rounders in the NBA, are. they are the grease for having moves happen. Like, that is yep. how it happens. And one thing about, I do also want to point this out. I've had a couple people ask, send me texts today, like, oh, my God, Tillman, and we've traded added it, we've done all this stuff. For a small market team to go get, somebody that can help you be a true contender, you find that guy in one of two ways, the draft or trades. They aren't signing here. Yes. Go back and look at NBA free agency. It is so rare to have a real impact player go somewhere in free agency. You usually have to do it through trades, and that is what the Grizzlies are stockpiling for. They are saying, we will be ready 
to make calls for trades. We know that they've been aggressive in the past. They gave up four, or they offered four firsts for Mikhail Bridges. I have confidence from the moves that they have done here that they will go and find a big that can play next to this team. I would be but, shocked yeah. if we are heading into next season. We're like, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. I would be yeah. shocked if they, it would, but they I, know the shortcomings. They yeah. see it. They know. We see it. They see it. Um, but to your point about second round picks being the grease, they are kind of the WD forty to attach Very to much it, so. to, to yeah. attach to another player to go get a piece that you actually want. Yeah, ultimately. So we'll see what they do. But they, they. I mean, we're talking about seven second round picks that could be movable this this offseason. Se- how about four first and seven seconds for Mikael Bridges? Who says no? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a joke out there. Mikael Bridges. Uh, the Nets are denying twelve first round picks for for Mikael Bridges. I, I, that's that's the way this thing's been trending. I'm telling you, every door you open. In, in Brooklyn, is there's just a three and D wing standing <laughs> behind it. You're just like, what the hell is going on? Here? Yeah, awful. And then some Nate Claxton walking around. It's like yes. they have the weirdest roster in the NBA. <laughs> no question. Okay, moving on. The Tigers head to Temple coming up tomorrow. It's a must-win game, just like most of the games remaining on their schedule. There are still several questions about not just team chemistry, but Penny's rotations. So Penny's rotations are the biggest issue. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. With the Tigers at the moment, overreaction or not an overreaction? I think this is not an overreaction. Um, he plays too many guys, and it, I think even more so than playing so many guys, he's got to find a. Even if he's going to play ten guys. Right, he's got to find a method to the madness because I think in that Rice game, uh, a majority of that first half, and a, I mean a majority of the second half against Wichita State, we saw a rotation with Jordan Brown, Naquan Tomlin, and Malcolm Dandridge on the floor at the same time. Even more so than just playing all these guys, he's just got to find a method to what he's doing. He's got to plan it out a whole lot better. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and, and we're at a point, you know, I, I know that he was trying to shake some things up in that Rice game. We're at a point where you can't shake things up. You, you, you have to find your group and you have to play them and you have to win ball games. You have no choice going forward. This is what you have to do. And uh, 
I, I, I think they are they, they are the biggest issue going forward just because of your back's against the wall and, and you have to make something happen. You have to press forward and go win these games, and you cannot sit there and experiment and experiment and throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. So that's why I say it's the biggest issue. If they had uh, not had this four-game losing streak, maybe I'd think differently on this. But with how vital the last nine games of the year are, it's him getting his rotations in order, and I think that that would equal wins for this team. Yeah, and I'm just curious from a player's perspective. You know, you've been on a field before. You were allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. It has got to be – it causes you to press so much, I feel, that you know any little mistake you make, you're getting pulled. You're getting yanked immediately. And that's really the only adjustment that's happening in the first 10 minutes of the game so far. That can't be a comfortable spot to be in especially if you're one of the freshmen that get thrown into the starting lineup or within the first five minutes of the game. Just let these guys go out there, play long minutes together, and you will be successful. You have all the numbers to back it up. It's We have the numbers from this you season more, to back it up. You have more talent than just about every team you'll play the rest of the way. Right. So just stick with the guys that have gotten you to this point. Stick with the guys that were there in that 10-game winning streak. Stick with them on the floor. I, I, It's frustrating because I think most people see it that way. I think most people see it that way, yet it doesn't feel like Penny Hardaway sees it that exact same way. He's still trying to light fires under guys, but going forward, you cannot sit here and worry about lighting fires under guys or, or making them you know, not as complacent. You have to stick with your best players, and that would be Javon Quinterly, Jaquan Walton, David Jones, Naquan Tomlin, um, you know, Nick Jordan, Malcolm Dandridge, Malcolm Dandridge Jalen Young could be in there. And that's kind of it. That's sort of where we're at at this point. So I, you know, I, I am less interested in lighting fires under guys as I am in winning right now for this team. It's about a response. Can Penny and this roster respond? And I also think as much as, you know, we've gone after Penny's uh, rotations, we do have to put the onus on the players to a certain extent. Sure, yeah. Javon Quinley's not played well. He's not played well. I thought he played, weirdly enough, he was 1 for 13 the other day against Wichita State. I thought he played a lot better. He had eight assists to one turnover. you know. But he has not played good basketball. David Jones, previous to that Wichita State game, did not play good basketball. It's really hard to win games when your best players are playing that way. So, again, onus is not strictly on Penny, but I think if he gets a hold of these rotations, if he if he trusts his guys a little bit more, it'll equal better results. Right. The, the real answer to what is the issue with the Memphis Tigers is Caleb Mills's knee blew up. <laughs> that's I mean, that's the issue. You can go back to that exact moment, and that's when everything started going downhill for the team. And it's because it caused some rotation questions to pop up. Yes. And he all hit of a sudden, lot. He hit a lot. He hit a lot. Well, because the, the roles also felt pretty defined when Caleb Mills was still out there. And then when you remove him, the bench has no leader, no cohesion. So it's just kind of, you're just kind of throwing guys out there right now. Like you said, the good news is, is that it seems like Penny has identified these are the guys. That's what he has said. That's what he said. Go prove it. <laughs> just just play those guys, and you are going to win basketball games. You have the talent. You have the maturity. I also like the point that you brought up. It does also start with the players, though. If they bring the energy on the defensive end like they did against Wichita State to Temple, you should be fine. It's got to start there. Make sure the turnovers are down. Play energy, energize defense, and you're going to be okay. You've got the talent to get it done. Play your guys. Play good defense. Play team basketball. It's a simple sport. 
Yes. More assists, fewer t- turnovers. <laughs> That's what you're looking for. Yes. And uh, defensively, I, I think there comes a point where if you're continuing to put pressure on teams and they're breaking that press and they're um, getting easy buckets on the other end, switch it up. Figure out other things to do. Now, uh, you can believe what you want to believe about what Penny Hardaway has said about those five guys that he found at the end of the Wichita State game. We have seen in the past that Penny will say one thing and it won't necessarily come to fruition. John Martin pointed this out uh, a little bit earlier today on X. Um, I was obviously from Jason and John. You can find him on X at John Martin 929. He was on the show earlier this week. Um, but after that uh, December 6th game where they went to overtime against VCU, Penny Hardaway said, I can't keep playing musical chairs. I've got to go with my studs. It has to be a seven- to eight-man rotation to go from there. Now, since then, we've had Caleb Mills out of the lineup. You've already mentioned that. But then when you go into that game against Wichita State, he played 12 guys, 12 guys. So he said one thing, and the other thing has been true on the court. So I'm hoping that what he said about his finally finding five guys comes to fruition. But, again, we won't know until we see it actually happen tomorrow against Temple. And an important distinction here, too. It's not the number of guys that he's playing is the issue. It's when they're being played. It's It's, All of it is happening within the first 10 minutes of the game. That's the problem. If you need to play spot minute guys and give guys breathers for a couple minutes, that's fine. Just don't do it all in the first 10 minutes of the game. Maybe there's a rhyme or reason that he'll explain after the game, and he does a fine job at explaining it after the game. But some some of these lineups he runs out there just don't make sense. They just don't. Having Jordan Brown and Naquan Tomlin and, and Malcolm Dandridge on the floor at the same time, starting that lineup, he started against Rice with no primary ball handler. As much as he's going to give a rhyme or reason after the game as to why he went with those lineups, it doesn't feel like there's a rhyme or reason. And I get where that's frustrating, and it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to everybody in this, in this market. But, hey, nine more games tomorrow at Temple. What does he run out there? How long does he stick with them? I think we'll get an answer relatively quickly on the way Penny Hardaway's actually thinking. Go punch him in the mouth. <laughs> yes. Do it. This team has the ability to do it. Penny has the ability to do it. We've seen it this season. We've seen it this year with this squad. They have the ability to do it. I believe they can do it. Go do it, please. Yep. It's more fun to talk about wins. Yep, and uh, Joe Lenardi just put out his latest bracketology, and Tigers are still in that next four-out category. They, they have some work to do. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, with the ACC doing what they're doing, Virginia and Clemson in particular, two wins the Tigers had a really shout out, a really massive win that they got over Virginia. Those teams are moving up. That could help the Tigers if they get to those quad one into the top thirty in the net. Those could be quad one wins. They have two quad one opportunities on the road at Florida Atlantic, on the road at SMU that could hold up. So there's still a lot to be built. There's still a lot of time to make up ground. But you run out of time every time that you sort of screw around with your lineups and, and lose games. You, you, just, you can't lose to the Temples. You can't lose to the UABs. You can't lose to East Carolina. You cannot do that the rest of the way. The mulligans and margin of error gone. are gone. Completely gone. gone. Completely gone. You're not dead. You're, you're at, still alive. You're, you're, you're at, you got to fight. But, but your at, at-large hopes are on life support. They yeah, are. for sure. They are. You just have to go win. Go win. Have a good plan. And we'll see what happens tomorrow That's at thing. Temple. Have a plan. Just have, have a, plan. a plan. Yeah, have a plan. Now, we need to go ahead and grab a break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more NBA trade, trade deadline. We'll talk some rumors, some rumors that are coming out. That's next right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. 
Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. And I'm going to be quite frank with you. It's not going to be a lively trade deadline by any stretch of the imagination. It looks like it's going to be a lot of role players are going to fill in roles. Um, obviously, we had uh, here in, in, in sort of Grizzlies country, we had Xavier Tillman going to the Celtics. I actually like that fit for them. Um, he is a reserve big um, that they can use. They don't like to use Al Horford in back-to-backs. They, they, they want to make sure they have another guy who is able to switch on the defensive end, bring in some rebounds, do some of the dirty work with Al Horford and his, his advanced age. So I really like that. They only had to put all, you know, send two second-round picks. They need some guys around the edges. I like that. Now, the, the other move that was made today, we have the Timberwolves going to get a backup point guard, trying to find some depth. They sent Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and a second-round pick to Detroit for Monte Morris. Now, if you have been following Monte Morris throughout his career, I really like this move for the Timberwolves. Not only do they need a, a backup point guard, do they need a secondary ball handler when Mike Conley is off the floor, but Monte Morris is very, very good, and he's been good as a starter in his career. Um, in 2021-22, when Jamal Murray was hurt for the Nuggets, he still led that team when he started 74-75 games, still led that team to a 48-34 record. Uh, Monte Morris is a good pickup for them, a good find for them. And they're in a, like, let's be honest, as much as, you know, people will doubt the thought process behind them being a championship contending team, moves like this can help them do that. Being a sixth man, he's been in sixth man of the year conversations, Monte Morris, before, um, He's the type of guy that off the bench, when you when you get that get that rotation uh, down to about seven or eight in the playoffs, he's a perfect piece to have coming off the bench for you. Yeah, I thought it was a solid move by them. There were better guards that they could have gone to get, and it sounds like that they made an effort to. They were linked to Tyus Jones pretty early on, but I wonder if the asking price for him may have been a little bit too much for the Timberwolves, especially with what they've had to give up for you know recent deals that they have, most notably. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Monte Morris, he just came back from injury this month. You know, he's only been back for a few games, and he's not shooting great, but his career shows you that he's going to bounce back. He's played, what, six games? Something like that? I mean, something like that. that. That's what I said. He's going to bounce back. It's a good move for them. It's a depth piece. Mike Conley's been tremendous for them this year, truly. He has been fantastic, and unfortunately for them, when Mike's off the court, everything tends to fall apart yes. for them. So that's why you got to bring in a guy who can actually run an offense for you. Shake Milton just wasn't going to be able to get it done for you. Troy, Troy Brown, who cares? You're getting rid of him. So, yeah, it's a solid move for the Timberwolves. Um, I'm still skeptical about whether they are ready to win it all this year. Of course. But they are certainly going to be in the mix for years to come because of a guy like Anthony Edwards. I'm just, I've, I've always been curious, though, if Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a part of that team that truly becomes one of the, the the contending teams from the West. Like, is Carl Anthony Towns, can he be on that team, or will he be the move that they use to go get the guy that allows them to make that jump? Yeah, that's an interesting thought process. Now, the Western Conference is nuts right It's now. crazy. There, we have four teams tied <laughs> at, at first in the Western Conference. Clippers, Thunder, Timberwolves, Nuggets. I think that when we look at the the two I mentioned in the middle there, Thunder and Timberwolves, most people will say, I am not going to believe that you're going to be a championship contender until you actually win a championship. Nuggets and Clippers, though, I they, they have staying power. Um, Nuggets for sure, um, because they've had uh, you know luck with good health for the most part. They won last year. Clippers still got to wait out on health, but the James Harden experience has worked, man. 
Like, there's no denying. No, it's everybody At was this wrong. Point, you gotta <laughs> everybody eat, bro, was you wrong, just gotta, man. You got to say it's you were worked. Wrong. It's you really a, worked. Having a playmaking point guard alongside other two two playmaking wings, it just it has worked out in their favor, and they still have a fair amount of depth. Like that's been helpful for them as well. And Russ has guys, been yeah. When those great exactly when those them. guys leave the floor, you have Russell Westbrook, uh, uh, MVP, coming off the bench. You still have Norman Powell. You have Zubats. Yeah, I mean, you just have so many different guys that can provide good minutes for you. I like the Clippers this year. I, I like do. them a lot. But I again, I mean, this is different than it's been in the past. I've, you know, the past few years, I've picked them in the preseason to be the team that that represents the West. Um, this year, I did not do that because of obvious reasons, because of health and everything else. And then the James Harden move was made, and I was wondering how it all, would all mesh together. Because in his opening press conference, he's basically saying that. Um, he's he's not a cog in the system. He is the system. Um, so I, I wondered how that would work out. But the Clippers, it's it's different than the past. They're actually pacing their way. They're not in that you know six, seven, eight spot because they have Kawhi or Paul George off the floor at this moment. Those guys have played and played consistently. And if they can t- continue to stay healthy going into the playoffs, they're going to be a hard out. They're going to be the scariest team in the Western Conference. They're going to be one of them for sure. Yeah, they have a an excellent chance of representing the Western Conference right now as it stands. Um, I am curious if their big man depth is going to eventually bite them because to get through the West, you're going to have to go through some excellent big men. So I, I wonder if if the play of James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George can get them over that hump. But it is because I, I know around Rudy the and de- Sabonis are they're, it, they're a load. They're a load. Yeah. Well, and Carl Anthony Towns, and even if you look at the Thunder, like you got Chet down there, they're a huge team. The Thunder, a really big team that you're going to have to play. They got a lot of size. So Zubach, I know that. There have been rumors that they have been shopping for guys around the deadline. Honestly, I thought they would be a team that might want a Xavier Tillman type to help them defensively because when you go back and you look at Tillman's defensive numbers against guys like Jokic and Anthony Davis, and he, they straight up, they've been very good. He's really good defensively against those guys, so he could have helped them out. But right now, man, it's clicking on all cylinders for the Clippers. It yep. really is. Yeah, now... Um, as far as other trade deadline targets, I don't want to focus on the guys that are that are super within the margins, but there's a couple of guys that, that are bigger names that could be on the move, and those two guys are DeJounte Murray and Andrew Wiggins. I want to focus on DeJounte Murray first. We know about the the you know relationship between the Lakers and the Hawks right now. All those things died. Uh, the conversations that they had sort of died. We talked with Trevor Lane, who works for um, Lakers Nation and does the front office show with our other guy, Keith Smith, and he has basically said that they wanted Austin Reeves to be a part of a uh, of a package, and they, the Lakers were not willing to put Austin Reeves back into a package to go get DeJounte Murray. They want to keep Austin Reeves, if at all possible. Now, Shams has reported that uh, Lakers... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lakers and Hawks should talk again at some point before the trade deadline hits. It's not the end of those conversations. It will remain to be fluid. Uh, I, I, I wonder if that ultimately happens. Now, the, the sleeper here, apparently, is the Pelicans to go get DeJounte Murray. They could offer a fair amount, I guess, um, but I don't think that necessarily gets them over the top by any stretch of the imagination. We know that all trades do not have to lead you to be a championship team. Uh, you just want to get better. But um, right now, for DeJounte Murray, it's looking like 
a sort of two-horse race between the Lakers and the Pelicans, but the Hawks are ultimately going to hold the keys to that whole thing. Um, I, I think DeJounte Murray can be a help for whatever team he lands on uh, if, if he does switch teams from the Hawks to another uh, in the Western Conference. I think he could be a very a, a massive help for those teams down the stretch of the season into the playoffs. Would you give up Reeves for Murray? <sighs> I mean, who else is attached? D'Angelo Russell, like all these other guys. I don't know. I, I Austin Reeves has been phenomenal for the Lakers. Great. On the defensive end, he gives a bunch of effort. He's a guy that you can put the ball in his hands. On the offensive end, he can orchestrate offense as well as knock down a bunch of threes and score a bunch of points. I don't know. I, I Do I think Austin Reeves should be the reason that you don't go get DeJounte Murray if you think he's going to put you over the top? No. Um, but I, I do get their thought process behind trying to keep, behind trying to keep Austin Reeves. He has been a godsend for them the past few years. He's been <laughs> phenomenal for them. And D'Angelo Russell was playing for his life. That dude, He's I playing will, well. his last 16 games have actually been very impressive when you go to look at it. The problem is, though, you're like, we've seen your entire career and you've had stretches like this many times and you've never been able to consistently keep it up. The biggest thing he's doing right now is he's actually giving a damn on defense, which is just shocking for D'Angelo yes, Russell. Yes, it is, isn't it? Now, you also kind of have to ask yourself, He may he's doing this, but the Lakers are, aren't also necessarily winning a ton. So I'm curious to see what they do. A part of me feels like D'Angelo Russell, though, may have saved his Lakers career with the, the last month and a half of play. Yeah, now, um, Andrew Wiggins. I think the Bucks are the, the primary team to look at right, that'd be for awesome. Andrew Wiggins. I think he'd be very good for them. Uh, good perimeter de- defender um, that they don't have. Good wing, although offensively he's been struggling at, you know, this year. I think he's sort of coming into his own at least a tad bit ever since he's been starting a lot more, getting a lot more run. Um, but the Bucks, like, again, when it comes down to the Bucks making any deal that you think puts them over the top, because I think most people want them to go get another perimeter defender, you have to realize that the Bucks don't have a lot of assets to, to throw at anybody else. And the only trade idea that I can really come up with that makes a whole lot of sense is offloading Bobby Portis to go get a guy like Andrew Wiggins. But do you want to do that? He's been a good reserve big for them through the years, and he has, he has been very loyal to them through the years. And do you think that that really will help you get over the top if you do, get, um, if you do offload Bobby Portis for Andrew Wiggins? The other thought that I saw, and this is from uh, Ben Stenar, who, who covers the NBA and has been doing it for a while, said Brandon Ingram to the, the Warriors for Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kuminga. I think that both teams, I, I, at this point, if I'm the Warriors, I would not want to get rid of uh, Jonathan Kuminga. He's been phenomenal. But damn, that would be good for the Pelicans if they were able to make How something awesome like is that it happen. That he basically called curse stupid. It was like because he's not playing me and then goes out there and turns into not a correct, 25 is, point is, per is game he, Is player. he not correct? Uh, he's absolutely correct. <sighs> The Warriors have had this thing about developing young players over the year. Do it. You drafted them high for a reason. I know that you want to hold on to any sanctity of the, you know, the the Splash Brothers, but that's that's dead and gone. Did you see Clay Thompson the other night? He wasn't in the closing lineup. Gui Santos was in the closing lineup. You mean Puka Nakua? Yes, he looks exactly the same. I've never seen them in the same uh, room at the same time. But uh, Clay Thompson was pissed, clearly, after the game. And you had Draymond... In the post game remarks, when when they were talking with Clay, and he said, "Oh, oh, you're mad that you didn't play the last five minutes. I didn't play in Game Five against a cat." It's like, okay, whatever. I, everything I will say this though: if Andrew Wiggins leaves, 
and uh, the Warriors don't get a massive like return for him, it is nice to continually go down this path of realizing the Warriors are dead and gone. They're they're done. It's one of the things making in this Grizzly season. <laughs> that you can you can deal with it because the Warriors are also dying. Yeah, like kinda. I mean, I guess, but the Warriors are they're they're dead. Yeah, they got twenty two ends. They're they're, they're they're dead in the water. They're dead in the water. And I I there's not going to be. I mean, obviously, in the past, I've been very uh, hesitant to say something like this. They're not going to be that that play in team though that makes some type of run. That's they're not even a scary play in team at this moment. Clay Thompson is just not a good player. They're not the same player he was. Draymond is doing everything he can. I still think he's solid. Steph Curry's great, but they're just—I mean, Gui Santos was in their their closing lineup. That should tell you all you need to know. Over Clay Thompson, that should tell you everything you need to know about where the Golden State Warriors are. Now, uh, uh, it is uh, it is the National Signing Day. Did you know that? Not early signing day. National Signing Day today. It's the it's the OG Signing Day. Now, I wanted to go through a couple of Memphis uh, Memphis additions that were made. Now they have thirty guys that they. Uh, sort of targeted and got to sign on early signing day. But they have added a few other um, meaningful sort of pieces. Uh, One would be Indiana uh, DB Jordan Greer. Jordan Greer, he was a junior last year. Um, He's right there at 6'205". He plays uh, safety and a little bit of corner as well. Um, but he had 23 tackles in his junior year last year. They got it, it, I don't know what they're doing. They're finding some good pieces from Old Dominion because they got another DB, Taj Rael, from Old Dominion. This guy's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He played safety 84 tackles last year. He had a pick. Um, he, he had, I think, six, six uh, uh, PBUs last year. That's a guy that with this secondary the way it is, you need to add all you can and get everybody in there. Um, so Jordan Hankins has at least a, a cupboard to work with, has some people to work with in that secondary. What's a PBU? Uh, pass breakup. Okay, thank you. Pass breakup. Or they call them PDs, too, passes defended. Thank you. There you go. There you go. There you go, Connor. Well, yay. You learn something new every day. Every right? day. Yes. And then also they got a, uh offensive lineman, offensive tackle from South Carolina, Jalen Nichols. Now this one's an interesting one. Uh, he's 6'5", 320. He is a big man, and he's played some tackle. He's played some guard in his career. Um, his sophomore and his junior year, he had 14 starts combined at South Carolina. So that should tell you, if you're starting the SEC, should be solid heading into the AAC. The only problem is last year when he was going to get more starting, um, more starts under his belt at South Carolina, he did tear his ACL. So he's coming off an ACL injury. But Jalen Nichols, 6'5", 320 pounds, he could be a guy that helps at guard, maybe a little bit of tackle coming up this year. But they're trying to fill in at DB and at offensive line because they need to replace him. You have Jacob Likes out. You have uh, uh, um, Mikhail and Pounders, your left tackle gone. You have your right guard gone. You're going to have to replace everything across the offensive line. I think they've done a good job of attacking that position. And then at DB, you had a lot of older guys. And you had a lot of guys that, quite frankly, did not uh, step up when they needed to. You just have to find different guys to to – sort of come in and, and make something happen. But they have attacked the transfer portal in a massive way. And I, I, I got to say, when it comes to adding a GM, adding all of these different um, pieces from around the country, Mario Anderson Jr. at the running back position to replace the Blake Watson production, I, I can't look at this. And they've also brought in a couple of guys from, from Memphis's past. Lou Esposito will be one of the defensive coaches. Reggie Howard. Also comes back. He used to play at the University of Memphis. I think that this offseason for Memphis football, and I know we're not talking about it heavily because it's the offseason, but I think they've aced it. I think they have done a really good job of, of 
showing what the future of this program is going to hold after 10 win season. In theory, they are addressing the major issues of the team last year. It was the trenches and the defensive backs, and they're going to do that. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, Jeff Calkins will join the show next. We have plenty to talk about. So uh, let's go ahead and get to that. 92.9 FM ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.